Hello and welcome to another amazing episode of Tapping Into Abundant Success. Today I am joined with the magnificent Debbie Bryan. Now for those of you who don't know Debbie, her story, her background, her success and her heart-led mission is beyond anything I've ever seen. Debbie, over to you. Tell us where you are, what you do, where you're from. Oh, hi. And thank you so much for that introduction. I'm not sure how I can follow that up, really. Um, So I have been um, a business coach, I suppose, for about 25 years. I'm now a multi-award winning um, coach. I've been nominated for um, one of the UK Business Awards, Role Model of the Year and Inspirational Woman of the Year. So having quite a good time to put some silverware together this year. But I'm not just a coach. I am really a fixer, I think, more so than anything else. I love transformation and I love transformation in probably every business I've ever had um I am a podcaster I'm a best-selling author and I am an international speaker as well amazing right so these amazing traits that Debbie has grown to but there's something really important that Debbie hasn't shared yet and Debbie it's not always been like this for you has it no no not at all um 12 years ago I had a a life-threatening car accident at the time, I was a hairdresser with my own salon. I'd just taken over the business and um, I should have died on the side of the road. I, I literally should have died and I didn't. I ended up with a, a very, very badly broken leg. But, you know, the long and short of it was I I, I thought it was just bruised. I thought when well, I went to the hospital, it was just bruised. I didn't have any blood. Turned out the next day that I had like quite a big break and I'm and I worried you know I worried I was like oh my god how am I going to run my business how do I look after my family it was a real pivotal moment in my life because I was loving what I was doing but I was also in a gym so it was a very physical thing so when they came to me and said you know you're going to lose the use of your leg and I'm like no no no, that can't happen you know that can't happen I have a gym I have um you know I have this I have that and and the, and the surgeons went away and said, okay. And then they came back with another offer and said, well, you know, you can keep the leg, but you're not going to be able to bend it and stand on it. And I was like, you're not listening to me. This like, this can't be the answer because I need to be able to do this. And so by the time they came back the fourth time, um, and I I wasn't really being struck. I just was shocked with their reply, really. Um, and then they came back the fourth time and said, right, okay, we can do this. We'll take some bone out of your hip and we'll, and, I, and they started talking about digging deep and getting into the marrow. And I was like, oh, I'm not a boiled egg. Just like, you know, do that one. And I woke up the next day with two plates and 22 screws and um, was not able to walk for six months. So I suddenly found myself in a position where I didn't fit into my life at all. You know, I'm in a gym. I can't walk. I'm in a hair salon. I can't do anything there. And so I suppose that was a really pivotal moment for me to go, I need to reinvent myself. I need to change. I need to do something out of desperation to keep my business alive, keep paying the wages, keep my responsibilities that I had. But the biggest thing I suppose when I look back now is like I had that ego, that massive ego that I was the only person who could run my business. I was the only person who could cut their hair. I was, and I, you know, I wasn't Vito Sassoon. I was a good hairdresser, but it turned out that actually that's not true. And that's that's something that like we'll probably talk about later, but I bring that into my business now of like that ego of going from being fairly successful to never be able to go any further in your business because you think you're the only person that can do everything is complete. I'm going to use a really bad word. It's complete bollocks, right? It's bullshit. Absolute complete fucking bullshit. Rubbish. 
but we all live that life. We all do. I can remember one of my friends in property and she's like, oh, we're doing this. And she went with this big coach, really expensive in property. And one said, get out of your own way. That's your ego. You are literally think too much of yourself. Get a VA and get over yourself. And I always remember her saying that. And I was like, do you know what? That's probably what I would have had to do and have that harsh truth had I not. Because I went from the business earning something like 75000 a year. I just split up my business partner. She'd gone off to do her own thing. About 75000 <clears throat> Two years later, we're in, and we had one room in the gym. And two years later, we had a 10-room spa with a, a jacuzzi and a mud resort, 10 treatment rooms, a makeover photo studio. Um, we had Transform coming in and doing the Botox. And in the first eight months that we were there, we took 444000 so it just like that. If I'd have stayed behind that chair, would that have made a difference? No. As it turned out, the building was built on sand. It was like never fall in love with a building. It was beautiful. But it had so many things wrong with it. And eventually I sold that business and decided I would retire. And that lasted about six weeks because I had to have an operation. But, you know, I was so traumatized of, of this was a big building. There was a lot of maintenance, you know, we're having a jacuzzi or forever mopping and cleaning and running and and it was so it was seven thousand square feet i mean it was massive in terms of like um a, a building we i have to look on the cctv to see where the staff was and try and catch them before they'd moved um and then i had to have a knee replacement on my left knee because i damaged that by not using the other leg and um and i got really frightened and i got scared and i sold because i was like i can't go through that again mm. and it turned out i had a six-week recovery and so um then I'm like drumming my fingers and thinking, what do I do? And that's how I evolved into marketing and coaching and, and kind of helping other people and transforming. And it wasn't until somebody asked me the other day, like what I love about my business. And I think it is the transformation. So like the hair salon would, someone would come in with miserable, terrible day, feeling awful and go out feeling a million dollars because we'd give them a hot chocolate and looked after them and pampered them. And then did the makeup of a photo studio that did the same thing. And then now I try to do that in business is to transform people to be able to go, this is a really stressful situation. How do we make it better for you? And I think that's kind of when you say transformation, it makes it really difficult to say. But I think that's where the passion comes from. That's the bit that I absolutely love is to go, let me fix this for you. Let me help you. Let me introduce you to the person who's going to help you or the way that you is going to help you. And I think that is that's probably my core. That's my my superpower. Yeah. I totally hear you, and I so resonate on uh, just completely. Like I absolutely adore transformation, and it does mm. something to you as the facilitator, right? Oh, when you're holding space for someone who is then, with your support, gaining the empowerment to change their lives, their businesses, oh. and achieve more than they ever thought possible. You I like to see them, like, watch them fly. I literally sometimes go, oh, look at my little chick, he's just grown and then <laughs> float in the nest. You know, literally that development of somebody who, you know, somebody who couldn't speak to now being a speaker, somebody who was in a corporate role to now being a six-figure coach and running their own events and, and was like, oh, I can't even get in front of a video, Deb. I don't know how to get a video. And and, and just some of the, the transformations or even somebody who's in a business that actually is making them no money, but it's turning mm-hmm. over a lot of money mm-hmm. and, and is working them 24-7 to go, do you know what, what you're actually passionate about is this. So how about we downscale this one and grow this one so they went from being in security to being a, a property person. So having a great time, you know, works from Jamaica half of the year and instead of being 24-7 on call, I just think 
sometimes it's having that ability to just see past the mess, you know, to see past the chaos. Um, some people call me a work mum. Some people call me the procrastination police. I'm not sure which one I like. The mum that's old. I'm like, I'm nobody's mum. Can I not be a work sister or something like that? But yeah, I've had that. I've had that more than four or five times, actually, the work mum. I don't need procrastination police once. But I hey, don't really like that. I think that's going to but stick, I, Debbie. I'm sorry, but the procrastination police... Is I just can't say it. I can't say it, bro. Well, actually, no, that's the six-figure coach who's running her own events. Mm. So, you know, it was a necessary... It was a necessary thing, and she was... She actually wrote me a really good review. I don't know where it's gone now, but it was like, once you jump and you fly and you soar and it's amazing, then it was worth all the pain to do it. But, yeah, she, that's what she called me, the, the procrastination police, because I don't... I'm very much an action taker, so I'm very much. We're not have lots of meetings and talk about this. We're just going to do. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. We're going to decide, and then we're going to do. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm very much on the same par with you. Yeah. I had a client give me some feedback a couple of months ago, and she said, "Well, I signed up for Vicky's business intensive, and I tell you, it's intensive because we get the work done." She said, "At times, I felt really overwhelmed, and then I needed time to integrate everything we were doing because it was fast moving, and it was." You know, we, we, we're just gradually getting things done and moving forward. And she said, but, you know, I signed up for an intensive and that's exactly what I got. I, I'm very similar with you, Debbie. I can't sit there and just like twiddle my thumbs, you know, it's like, let's get moving. You're running a business, move the freaking needle and get yeah. shit done. That's it. Right? The thing is, like. I, I suppose it's just it's about getting results I'm about results mm. and not fluff you know I'm not going to sit in a room with somebody holding hands and you know and all this sort of stuff um but the, for the client one of my favorite clients um Anthony and when he was doing security in the lockdown and he'd been um managing events like worldwide and obviously lockdown came all the stars stayed home and so he was just left with the the bit in London and so he's like I want new contracts I went in more as a consultant for him and so we kind of go through I would go through his LinkedIn and make t- contact with people and then I find somebody who needs guards for for Wembley but they're down in Southampton so the guy's like yeah yeah and it's fine and then I speak to his manager and his manager's a little bit northern and is a little bit cautious and so I Anthony's based in Bromley I'm in Swindon so I spoke to the guy and he's like well how do we know you're going to turn up you know how do we because we've had this before we've had people and then we've been at Wembley and we've been let down and and I thought, well, this guy needs something. And this generally is what it is. It's like, there's a deal to be done here, but he needed something. So I said to him, okay, where are you? He said, I'm in Southampton. I said, well, we'll be down tomorrow for a cup of tea. And he said, really? And I said, yeah, is that okay with you? You know, if you've got the space in and stuff. And he said, that's amazing. That's amazing. So I phoned Anthony. I was like, we're going to Southampton tomorrow. And he's like, well, where is that? <laughs> if you're in London, you don't know anywhere out of London, do you? He's like, where is that? And I was like, uh don't worry, it'll take a couple of hours, meet me down there. And he's like, I said, we just have to go because this is what's going to seal the deal. Um, and this is one of the things that he loved. He was just like, you just, we're just do it. You know, we're not just going to have some meetings and wait for these guys to come to London because someone else might get in there or that just wasn't what was needed. What was needed because the guy was a little bit older and he was northern, he needed that contact. He needed that person to person. So that's what we did. We drove down Southampton. We went upstairs, had a cup of tea. And they've both been in events. And next thing I know is they're having the greatest chat about um, common people that they've worked with, like M&M and 50, 50. Oh, that's 50 Cent. I don't know who it is, but 
And then they're like, oh, yeah, the time I had to get him out of the back of the building. And to do, and they just literally, to the point where I could just walk out of the room and go downstairs and do my calls because it was done. The deal was done. And that's kind of, I like to do that type of thing to just go, okay, let me, and we did it again with a Russian guy um, and, and, and put loads of other people. It was just a case of, Anthony could do his job if I put him in front of people, but didn't really know how to do that first bit. So the no. momentum was just going, come on then, let's sit down and have an old-fashioned cup of tea. Yeah. You and know, I love how point. you do that. I love how you pull it together, but I am going to pull you up on something here, Debbie. I am. I have to, right? You said, I don't sit there and hold people's hands and mother them. Well, that's exactly what you have just done. You've just taken that guy by the hand and said, we're going and we're going on a mission. And you have, and that's how you work. And that is so, so beautiful. Like, not many people do that. Not many people have the, the inclination to even consider holding their client's hands in that way. So whilst you're going to grab your client's hand quite literally and frog march them off to a meeting, right? Drag him, yeah. <laughs> and then, so then you've got the other side of the coin where you've got people like me that would just sit there and go, no, I'm going to hold your hand in a slightly different way and I'm going to help you empower yourself to move forward. But this is what I love about the dynamics of everybody has a uniqueness. Mm. But your uniqueness, Debbie, comes from your sheer determination to get shit done. And I love that because I'm I very well, much... I don't know if you've heard this. I said it on another podcast. I don't believe in the word no. I just believe that I'm asking the wrong person. So if I get a no, I just think, well, that's not the right person. I need to keep going until I find the person who's going to say yes. Oh, I'm so pleased you said that because this is a real good conversation, especially in the entrepreneur world, right? Lots of people take it personally when, people, when someone goes, oh, no, I'm not I'm not ready to work with you or not yet or you're not the right person for me. And they take it really personally. Guys, listen, seriously, wake the fuck up, right? This yeah, is definitely. not. This is not about them not being the right person for you. This is about you getting a bloody get out of jail free card. Because let me tell you now, if you're onboarding the wrong clients, business is going to feel fucking shit. Oh, it's hard work. Hard work. It's like, you know, I'm sure in the early days we've all done it. We've taken on clients that really we shouldn't have taken on. I've taken on very analytical clients and I've had to be really patient with them because I'm the grand gesture person and they're like oh they want to do the grand gesture what what happens if we do the grand gesture what, what if it goes wrong what if this happens and I'm like I might just get in the car and go and I'll prove to you that actually it's all going to be fine yeah. um and so I've had to kind of temper myself but then I also have worked with people who are so far big picture that they're dangerous you know to have like me big picture and them so you have to just get what a match and I suppose I think, like, I'm going to blame my mother for this. She's never going to listen to this podcast, so I can definitely blame her. But, like, when my sister, she's just only three years younger than me, my dad said no to everything, you know, everything. Can we go to the school disco? No. Can we go? Can we have this? No. Can I have a new bike? Right to Harold Wilson. That's my age. Um, Which I did, and he never replied. Um, But I did get the bike. So everything was a no. So eventually what would happen is that he would say no, and then my mum would work on him. And then a week later, some little party outfit would appear in the bedroom, and we could go to the ball. So I think that's where it comes from. I just realised in the end, actually, why am I asking him? He's going to say, no, what I need to do is go and say, hey, mum, there's a school disco in two weeks' time and just leave that with her. And then the yes would come because that was the right person. He was the wrong person. And I only really actually kind of analysed that last year when I was driving. I was like, that's where that comes from, because I don't believe in the word now. I just believe that I am actually asking the wrong person you know like going to the train station and asking somebody who doesn't speak english directions doesn't mean that there are no directions just means that he doesn't know the answer we can't translate the answer to you so if i go and ask the person who's 
got a tablet in his hand and I go on the tube and, and speaks English and can go, oh, yeah, you just need to do this, I'm not going to get a yes. It's just about finding out who's your yeses are and actually not being offended by the nose. I know somebody who did outbound sales and she called 90 people and got a yes on the 91st call, right? And, and most people would have given up way before 90 calls. They'd have been, oh, this doesn't work. And she was so positive because she's like, now I know. Now I know that I need to do 91 calls to get another sale. And I'll just keep doing 91 calls and I'll keep getting another sale. And obviously what happened is she got better and it went down to 50 and then it went down to 40. And then actually she was killing it. She was doing it great because she'd gone, okay, I will just keep asking. I believe in what I'm asking. Let me find the yes. That's it. And I'm yeah, very much that's in, my, in my own life. We had a conversation just a minute ago. I said, you know, I'm waiting to hear about a TEDx um, spot for, for next year. And I've had the application and I've done the interview and I've performed on the interview for some students and given my all. And I'm like, but if I don't get that, I'm just going to apply again because yeah. I'll keep going. So I get a yes, because I will get TEDx. There's no no question in my mind. I can see it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the keys to the mindset isn't it so I, t- I take a little bit of a different stand on it whereas I believe that it's the energy within you that drives the mind and that's why it's not always easy to change the minds and thoughts and stuff but you just have this unshakable decision making ability to say no to that yes to that that's where I'm going there isn't going to be no stopping me that is the end destination and one way or another I am going to achieve it now that is such a rare skill not many people have that I think if it's if there's something that I can't if I can't not do so if an opportunity comes to me and I can go yeah maybe maybe not the chances are it's not for me my barometer is if I can't not do this. So when I went from, I actually had a really great job in travel um, as a as a sales manager in travel. I was working from home. I had three children, five holidays a year. I could go put, you know, we could take the phone off the hook and go and do the school run. And if my kids were sick, I could go and bring them back. So it's perfect, you know, and it was really well paid. And then my friend said to me, do you want to open a salon with me? I've been to the gym and they've offered me the salon in the corner. And I couldn't say no. I, I literally could not say no. I was like, she she just said, when we you know, when we've made it, I'm gonna buy this convertible beetle. And I thought, you cannot drive that convertible beetle past my house. I will literally kill myself. So I had to do it. I had to do it. And I don't know what the path was. Obviously, we we had a great time together, then we didn't have such a great time together, then we decided to just part ways and and then I go and break my leg and I'm a hairdresser with a broken leg. Um, but then that forced me to start working on the business and developing uh, the skills and not standing behind the chair. But I am a firm believer if, I, you know, sometimes you flip flop in your decisions. And so maybe this is where I'm, I'm the woo curious where this where my woo comes is that if I have a big decision to make, I will literally let my, my mind do the process. So it might go, yeah, we're doing it. And then the next day, no, we're not doing it or and, and go like that, flip flop back and forth. But one day I know I wake up and that's my decision made and it never changes. So I do have a, a process where I will allow myself to kind of like ruminate on it for a little bit and kind of the, the rubbish bits float to the surface and go, okay, I can cope with them, all the stuff that you can't see. And then, I, and then I'm unshakable because I'm it. like, that's the right decision. I love how you formulated your own idea, your own plan and your own kind of 
mental mental processing right so there's another thing that I do with mental processing and something that I like to do with my listeners <laughs> those that are tuning in maybe even watching and that's a really small short sharp tapping experience about shifting out any energetics that might be stuck in the body but I think um if you're open to it Debbie if you're not it's okay we can do something else but the emotional freedom technique is something that I share with my clients on a regular basis. It's mm-hmm. energy psychology, and it's just using the mind and the body. It's scientifically proven. It's not that woo-woo, actually, because it's very scientific, but it just does work. So how about we do a little bit of tapping around being comfortable making decisions on our own successes, right? Because okay. that's something that often gets, like you said, the flip-floppy. So we can work on the flip-floppy decision-making. We can listen more to how our body's responding to the, the choices that we want to make. And if we do a little bit of tapping, and then those that are listening in can experience that. And I mean, your energy today has just been magnetic, you know, what you share, how yeah. you share it, the lessons you've gone on, the journeys you've created, the transformations you share. They're just absolutely phenomenal, Debbie. So thank you so much for being with us, for sharing the, your story with us today. But let's dive in and do a little bit of tapping and then we'll wrap up. Because I know you've got a busy time ahead. <laughs> um oh, busy. Yes. So all we do is we just start tapping on the side of the hand and we can just keep it really simple. And for this one, um, I'm going to do a setup for even though I don't always make decisions with ease. I choose to deeply and completely love and accept myself anyway. Even though. I don't always make decisions with ease and I overthink and I overfeel and I overanalyze. I choose to deeply and completely love and accept myself anyway, even though sometimes making decisions feels like pulling teeth. And I get really caught up in the moment and I force it and I push it and I don't always take the time I need to process it. I choose to deeply and completely open to the possibility that I can make decisions with ease today. And then we just move up to the eyebrow point. Opening to the possibility that I can make decisions with ease, side of the eye. Opening to the possibility that I can trust myself to make decisions in business, under the eye. Trusting myself comes with ease, under the nose. I didn't go through all those experiences for nothing, chin. I've definitely learned something along the way, collarbone. And I can open to the possibility of making more decisions with ease under the arm. I can trust myself to make better decisions. Top of the head, I can choose to make decisions with ease. And just take a deep breath in, notice any energy shifts, noticing how you're feeling, you might feel a bit tingly, you might feel a little bit lightheaded, that's okay. Because what this exercise does is not just about rewiring the brain to believe in different things to help you reach success. 
but it actually helps you bring the body back into a grounded space. And if you've been dealing with stuff behind the scenes and you forget to actually prioritize your self-care, just that small snippet of tapping can help you come back into balance and start again, making decisions with ease, being more empowered in your business and breathing. Because that's often something that entrepreneurs forget to do. <laughs> My goodness, yeah. We pant, don't we? We pant. <laughs> yeah, it's that. <laughs> Am I making the right decision? Am I making the right choice? Oh my gosh, you know, bring it up. But we're so busy looking for the next thing. You kind of forget to. That's something that I've done in the last year, actually, is I have started to meditate. I don't meditate for a long time. But I do um, can meditate for like, like 10, 15 minutes, but I use it as a tool. So that's what that did for me, that EFT there was it actually shut me down and stopped me and made me go, okay, so I can feel my posture different and I can feel my breathing different. And what it does is it just goes, just halt a minute. Yes. Stop yourself and then restart. And you start at a different pace. It's very much an interrupt for me. So yeah. I really love that one because sometimes meditation is just not appropriate to I will do it in my car and stuff like that but that's something that you can do in your car before you're going or if you're just about to have maybe a phone call that's going to be you're not sure of the outcome and maybe a little bit agitated if you used to use that before a difficult phone call anybody it could be your mum could be the bank manager could be an interview even I believe that that would give you that power to come on there and be fairly serene on the call and have all of your power to, to do the call, but not in a panicky, not in a agitated, not in a, oh, God, what am I going to say type thing? You just literally go reset, yes. reset and go forward. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. EFT is definitely a pattern interrupter. And it's one way to do exactly what you just said on the tin, right? Meditation isn't always enough. Now, my mind has always been very busy. I'm neurodivergent. I find it difficult to shut it down, which is why I began the EFT journey in the first place. But here's just a final tip before we wrap up for today. If you ever find yourself in a situation, this can be at a networking meeting, this can be on a Zoom call with a client, this can be in a business meeting where you might be looking to make some big decisions, or it might even be that phone call with a family member who you are having that difficult conversation with, okay? And you literally just bring your hands together and you just tap through the fingers, just the different fingers and you can do thumb to finger and this actually distracts your emotional overwhelm and brings you back into balance again so that's another amazing tip for today debbie if you could wave a magic wand right now for all entrepreneurs globally about leveling up taking the next steps trusting in their decisions and having the success they desire what one wish or tip would you like to give them today so my one wish would be to actually take some action, stop talking about it, get ready in that decision. So talk about it for a little bit, but then just go, okay, what's the next step? And then take it. It doesn't matter how scary it is because you can fix whatever, whatever the repercussions are you can fix. But to actually take action, take that step forward. One thing I do believe is if you're always stepping forward, when something goes wrong, you know, if you step up, step up, step up, step up, step up, when something goes wrong and you've got to step back, you're still 10 steps ahead. So you're only stepping back maybe one or two. If you're sitting here on zero, every time something goes wrong, you are going backwards and you're never going to get your dream. Whatever your dream, whatever your passion is, whatever your reason for starting your business, that's still there somewhere underneath all the day-to-day -day anxiety and the chaos and all the rubbish. You know, we all want a big life. I'm not prepared to settle for anything less than a big life. And so 
if you want a big life too, then go out and grab it and just take it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take the bull by the horns and you go and you ride that wave and you don't yeah. stop until you get to that destination. I love that so much. Although I don't suggest that you go out there and burn yourself out. So if you're listening to me and thinking of going out there and burn yourself out, don't do it. All right. That's not what I mean. No, I don't mean that in a bad, <laughs> but I think the procrastination will burn you out. That's the thing is I think that inactivity is actually what saps your energy. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, action creates energy. It's standing still, doubting yourself literally just kind of like oh do i that is, that's where i would be called the procrastination piece because i'm like just step forward whatever happens you can cope because mm. you've got this far it's resilience as well you know yeah uh, you've got to build resilience if you want to have success and you've got to be able to step through all those uncomfortable emotions but debbie it's been amazing to chat with you today we could chat all day i know we could, I know. We could just be can i just finish on one thing yeah, though so yeah. for anybody who doesn't feel that they can make a decision um I shared something earlier on that you know my surgeon spoke to me four times before the solution what if I'd have said yes on number one when they told me that I would lose the use of my leg what if I'd said that that was 12 years ago that's what I would have had instead of this yeah imagine that I hear you and I, I have a sim- very similar journey. If I too had listened to the decisions that doctors were trying to make for me, by the time I, w- I would be 40, I would be in a wheelchair and I'm not. I'm riding my brakes for fun instead. So that's two of us telling you the same freaking thing, right? So Debbie's message and wish to you today is this. Take the fucking action, right? <laughs> Get out there, level up, yeah. and take it. Build up that resilience, build up that dream. And go for it because you have absolutely nothing to lose, but everything to gain. So that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much, Debbie. Where can they find you? Oh my gosh, I nearly forgot. Where do they find oh, you? So uh, website, debbiebryan.com. Um, all the socials, I'm Debbie Bryan, either Debbie Bryan Coach or Debbie Bryan um, on its own. So you can find me in any of those and feel free to hit me up if you've got some indecision, if you've got some misdirection, then um, just give me a call. We'll have a quick discovery call. If we're a great fit, great. If I'm not a great fit for you, I will know somebody who is. So I'm still going to solve your problem. But there is something else that Debbie does behind the scenes that I do want to throw in here very quickly, and that is her charity work. Debbie, can you share a little bit where they can check out the charity work that you do? Yeah, so I work with um, a community radio station here in Swindon, And the reason I work with them is because when I was fundraising for a bike ride last year, I discovered they have autistic children in the community to come in and produce their own radio shows. So to get somebody who can't even leave their bedroom to come in and be interviewing the local um, ice hockey team and then to be getting a job and, and just motivating. So I help them because it's all run by volunteers and they're not very good at getting out there and talking about what they're doing. I did raise some money for um, India. We've got some great stuff going over the next year. And you know what? They do so much more in the community with a little bit more funding. So I help them because, do you know what? I am lucky. I should not be here. I had a second chance and I'm the luckiest person in the world. And I want to help somebody who didn't have as good opportunities as I did. And to give an example, one person, one guy that we helped in there, has just got an internship with the BBC in London and he can only move his thumb and his finger. That's it. And he's now working at the BBC, like living his dream. 
amazing isn't it it's absolutely yeah. incredible what we can do with the world when we all club together so 100%. so go and check out debbie bryan go and follow her follow her mission follow her dreams check her out go and book that discovery call if you're not in alignment and most importantly make sure you support her with the charity as well that's it for this round oh my gosh i can't wait for the next episode but this one's just been mind-blowing <laughs> i'll speak to you all soon take care